0: Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And
1: now, your host, James Swanson. All right, everybody, training camp is upon us. The NFL season is right around the corner. That also means that injuries are upon us. We have some big news to get to today about some big injuries that might linger into the beginning of the regular season, but first, I need to introduce... My good buddy, who's been kind of a staple now on the podcast, Pat Cotter. Thanks for joining me again, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. And today we have some talk about our uh, about our rankings versus some of the, uh, the the consensus rankings, the expert consensus rankings. We're going to compare those. But uh, how you doing tonight, bud? Good to talk to you. No, again.
0: I'm good, man. It's it's an exciting time of year. You know, draft season's right around the corner. Arguably, the year for fantasy football, the most exciting. Everybody's excited about their The prospects, you know, even the Browns and even the Dwaynes of the world can be ready to uh, and be happy about this time of year. So it's exciting, man. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, he had a a monumental uh, pickup today in our Dynasty League, as I understand, right?
0: Yeah, what is, uh, I can't, I don't even even know his name. name.
1: He's the 6th yeah, string on running Steelers. back. That's, yeah.
0: the, that's, that's the funny part is I when following Steelers camp and this Dwayne goes, "Oh man, I got this, I got this guy. He's gonna be a stud. He's gonna be carrying TDs and laughing his bells at the strip club." And All I go, the... "Man, if you, if you mean it that he's gonna be by bagging TDs, you mean bagging groceries, and you're probably right."
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like Dwayne picked up like the six-string running back for the Steelers today. Uh, no, no reason, like
0: Devorion or Devorion. I gotta something find his
1: name. Him. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll go into our site here, but uh but yeah, no we we have quite a bit to get to today like I said. We are going to we have three guys apiece. So I picked out three guys on Pat's rankings, Pat picked out three on mine, and we're going to compare those to the experts consensus rankings. And what we're going to do is we just kind of pick three guys apiece that we thought were quite a bit off uh, you know, compared to the expert rankings. So, we wanna kind of give our take on we're gonna I'm gonna let Pat defend his guys on why he has them so far, why there's such a discrepancy there. and I'm gonna defend my three guys. So we'll kind of go back and forth on that. I do want to open the show though with uh, something a little bit different. We've done a, a variation of this before. We've done some true false. We've done some you know, kind of fill in the blank, multiple choice, that kind of stuff. Um, but we've done I've never really done groups, and I've never done a couple of these other questions I thought it would be fun to kind of kick the show off with this so Pat are you ready I have some questions I'm going to throw at you and we'll see uh they're more more opinion based but I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on some of these so you ready to get into it
0: oh yeah and uh real quick that's uh Jarveon Franklin so if you're looking for a real deep probably never going to see the field kind of running back in a Dwayne move
1: yeah if you play in a six flex league that he might be your guy
0: Six flex, maybe if a guy you're looking that is handing out more water bottles than uh than getting touches.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, he's your guy. Okay, let's do this thing. First one I have for you, Pat: True or false? Dalvin Cook will finish as a top five running back this season. Oh, that's a good one.
0: Um, I'm gonna be the optimist and say true here. I really like us. I really love Dalvin Cook, honestly. Uh, he the hamstring injury, you know. Who knows how he come back from it, but it was long ago enough and that I'm sure that he's going to be feeling some residual, but these guys work so hard that I'm sure that he's probably going to be back in as good a shape as he can be. And, oh man, he has showed some real talent last year at the start of the year. So I'm going to say that he ends up five, at okay. five, right there on the cusp.
1: Okay. So do you think that he finishes above Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara? Uh,
0: I think he'll definitely be above Hunt. Um, I'm going to say one of those two, Kamara Barkley finishes above him. Okay. And then one of the top guys busts somehow. Injury related. Something happens to a bell, a Johnson, a a Zeke that unforeseen that keeps him out of the top five.
1: Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so we have heard that Dalvin Cook has the knee brace is off, I believe, or he feels really good. And there haven't been any restrictions. So that's great. Second one, true or false, the Cowboys will not have a wide receiver that finishes in the top 30 this season. Ooh, the top 30. So they will you know, not. That's the true or false, will not have one.
0: That's that's close. I got Alan Hearns at 35 right now. I'm going to go say true. I do not like that offense. I don't even, honestly, even it brings my rating of Zeke down because I just don't think that's going to be a very good offense this year. As good as that offensive line is, I don't think they're going to be dynamic enough to really you know get a good whole lot going with that so I'm gonna say no
1: so you have Hearns finishing above Michael Gallup uh yeah okay I've heard good things about Michael Gallup they've really liked what he's done in the red zone so far yeah. I would still lean with you though and put Hearns above Gallup as of right now and man it that that was one when I came up with that question I'm I'm like right on the fence too, but I think I, I'll go with you. I think, uh, I don't think they'll have a receiver. that finishes in the top 30.
0: No. Okay. And, uh, another thing about Gallup, you know, they, they, and the thing was, is they had, I was a Dez owner last year. I don't know you know, if anybody was out there with, uh, was as well, but he was frustrating cause they get in the red zone and they would never use him. They, you know, I mean, I get, they got the best offensive line and Zeke there, but you, I mean, you got the, one of the best red zone weapons in the game, throw it up to him every once in a while. and he's the guy that that's what he does best is go up and get the football so yeah i mean even if they say they like what uh gallup's doing in the red zone i doubt he's going to get much opportunity
1: right we need to see we actually need to see the usage first to believe it exactly okay which of these is a more bold statement ty hilton will finish the season as a top five receiver b at least two rookie running backs will finish in the top 10 or c josh gordon will play all 16 games
0: uh, Josh Gordon, 16
1: games. <laughs> I had a feeling you are no,
0: going to say that. I, no, I, I think that that one, I actually, I still like Josh Gordon, turn around. I'm, I, I'm an optimist. So I'm going to say that he does end up playing 16 games unless there's some foreseen injury. Um, I'd like T Y Hilton a lot. These are all, these are all definitely possible. I'm going to go with the, the, the rookie running back. No, TY. TY, that's too high for TY. I'm going to okay. say that he's, that's going to be the one I'm going to go with. Just because okay. there's so many, there's so many rookie running backs this year. One of them is bound to be in the top 10, and I feel like mm-hmm. Barkley, as long as he stays healthy, he's almost a lock
1: for it. If you had to pick another, a second rookie running back to finish in the top 10, would it be Darius Geis?
0: Uh, you know, I don't like that offense. He definitely has the chance to, if, especially if he can get some, get some uh, Get some work in the passing game. You know, mm-hmm. I would I would honestly have to say my favorite would be Sony Michel. If he can take over that that backfield and get a lot of work, not even all of it. We saw what, what uh how good Rex Burke head was even with Dion Lewis there. So I think Sony Michelle, if he can secure a good portion of that workload, could end up top ten.
1: Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how ridiculous is this statement? Anthony Miller will finish as the best rookie wide receiver. In this year's class.
0: Uh, As with one being least ridiculous. Yes. Point Uh, five.
1: Really? You think he has that good of a chance?
0: You know, I love Anthony Miller. Man, I know you do.
1: That's why I want to throw that out there. And
0: there's nobody, and there's no, to me, there's no real wide receiver in this class that is completely over and above the top. You know, I mean, we like Deshaun Hamilton. Well, I mean, Cortland Sutton, like Deshaun Hamilton too, but he's behind a bunch of wide receivers
1: well, you have uh, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, obviously.
0: Yeah, those guys are those guys are good, too, but I just don't feel like, well, one, DJ Moore is not in a crazy pass offense. They like to keep it a little more conservative, and I still like Olsen there to take a lot and and McCaffrey. And then uh, Ridley, I mean, I like where he's at and for long term, but he's still got behind Julio. You got Sanu there, who they like. They still like to throw the running backs, Coleman and Freeman. So, you know, I – don't see any reason why why Anthony Miller couldn't be the number one wide receiver this year, and and out, here and out of camp, he's looking really great. Okay, that's fair. Plus, he's got them huge hands, man.
1: Keith. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has those big mitts, right? Mm-hmm. And I've heard, yes, I've heard that he is probably going to get a lot of looks out of the slot, and he has a really good chance to open the season as the starting slot receiver for the Bears. Okay, finish this sentence. If Aaron Rodgers throws forty touchdowns this season, Devonte Adams will catch blank number of touchdowns. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Fourteen. Will that, will that lead all if receivers? If he says,
0: if he, if there's, if Devonte Adams can stay healthy, you know he doesn't get that he has those concussions don't pop up again. You know this is heavy, heavy relying on that, but. I like his ability, man. He's a big guy. He's been really flashing these last couple of years. That's why I took him it was end of the second round in our dynasty uh, startup. Oh, and then right after him, Aaron Rodgers is a nice pairing. So I'm really hoping that they can do that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that probably isn't a stretch. If he plays 16 games and Aaron Rodgers throws 40 touchdowns, then he probably will be somewhere near that number. I mean, who else is there the I mean, besides year. to
0: get that? besides, you know, well um, I think
1: I think Randall Cobb can catch seven or eight touchdowns.
0: Yeah. And then uh Jimmy Graham's also there. He could be eating up a lot, but
1: Jimmy Graham of, has a ceiling of, them, of ten plus. Yeah.
0: Outside of them, like unless, you know, one of these rookie wide receivers or Dronimo Allison really steps it up, I don't I don't know who else they're gonna be throwing Well
1: to. I've heard good things from I've heard good things from Jamon Moore and I think that it, it's actually going to come down. What's that?
0: Oh, that's my boy, Adam Jamon Moore?
1: Yeah. So I think it's going to come down between Moore and Allison for that third receiver spot in the Packers offense. And we've seen the number three receiver in the Packers offense have success before. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well. Okay, what's one ADP group that you're really targeting? And, and I think like an example would be, and I probably should have actually asked you this earlier, so we may, we actually should probably put this question on hold just so we could have probably kind of looked at this a little bit more. The reason I wanted to bring this subject up was because there was one I was looking at and it was the round seven. It was that group of like Emmanuel Sanders, Randall Cobb, Jameson Crowder. And I, I don't know. I really like that group of kind of that, you know, that seventh round ADP wide receiver range, Um, you know, getting possibly a really nice flex option in that group some guys that have some upside, at it, you know, as a wide receiver too. So if you're targeting somebody that late, I think I would suggest, you know, looking at that group in the seventh round as somebody that, hey, uh, if you've gone running back heavy, if even if you've gone a little bit more balanced, if you've picked up your quarterback and your tight end at this point, you're probably looking at a really good flex play still in the seventh round, mid seventh round that you can pick up and you can be comfortable playing. So, sorry. I kind of flipped that question around. I don't I don't really want to put you on the spot there, Pat, right now, because I know you've you've had a a long day at the clinic and I don't want to put anything too harsh on you right now, but um let's get moving into the league news and notes. Tyler Eifert is off the pup and says he's a hundred percent and will be ready for week one. I wanted to lead off of that because that's your boy, Pat, and I figured you'd be really excited about that news. And I wanted to ask you, if he plays the full season, if he's healthy for 16 games, he will finish this sentence, he will finish as tight end number what?
0: He will finish as tight end number seven. Six. Go okay. six.
1: Do you like him like more his, than Kyle Rudolph and Delaney Walker?
0: I mean, I would still rather drop those guys right now. If you could guarantee me that Tyler Eibert gets a full season, then – yeah, I would draft him above Kyle Rudolph, probably above Delaney Walker, but I'm not sure, but I think that's where I'd about. That's where I think I'd slot I'd him in, right behind Evan
1: Ingram. Okay, if Jordan Reed and Tyler Reifer play 16 games, who do you think has the better finish to the season?
0: Ooh, this, I think I like Jordan Reed's ability a little bit more. I think he offers you a little bit more outside of the red zone. Which is big once you get into like the the intricacies between tight ends. I think they both are really good tight or or red zone threats, but Jordan Reed's more of that athletic guy that can do a little bit more between the hashes. You know.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're, I think it's much much closer in a non PPR league because Eifert offers you so much in the red zone, and if he plays sixteen games, just to give you a little bit deeper look into the numbers he finished his tight end five in 2015 caught 13 touchdowns in just 13 games and he was on pace in 2016 he only played eight games but he had 58 catches or he was on pace for 58 catches almost 800 yards and 10 touchdowns he so Gronk missed a bunch of time that year 2015 he would have actually finished as the number one tight end in standard scoring just because of those touchdowns so I would agree with you there. I think in a PPR league, you're going to lean Jordan Reed because he offers you so much more in between the twenties, and as a guy who can probably catch eighty passes. Oh yeah, On, especially with then, Alex Smith, right? We we like that connection, or yeah. we like the possibility of that connection.
0: Oh uh, Yeah, I do. There, I mean, Jordan Reed has a lot of similarities to to uh, to Kelsey, both you know, kind of seam runners, very good, very athletic. Just you know, Reed can't ever get over the foot injuries or the head or the concussions. So it's a shame. Yeah, shame. Uh, I, I liked him for a while. Same with Eifert. You know, Eifert's one of those guys. He's he's a, a roller coaster to own. Cause he'll get you either two points or 14, 21. Depending on how many touchdowns he catches.
1: Yeah. So speaking of Jordan Reed, and we're going to stay on the, uh, the good side of things for now on the injury front, he says he's a hundred percent healthy, way better than he was last year. If you know, like I said, I'm high on Jordan Reed if he can stay healthy. I actually like him, excuse me, as as somebody who can finish as a top top 8 tight end, You know, potentially a top 6 tight end if he can stay healthy for the entire year. But it's almost like one of those guys that we've seen him banged up so much that you're really not expecting him to be able to play a full 16 games. I think if he can play 13 games, that's probably a win at this point. So, and,
0: and talking draft strategy real quick. And I mean, if you miss out on some of them, top, you know, top tier tight ends and you're going to say, okay, I'm just going to punt the position for a while. And, you know, Jordan Reed's hanging around towards the end of the draft. He's not a bad guy to take and just say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to ride him until he gets injured. And then I'll stream the position from there on out. Cause I mean, tight ends a position where you can kind of just pick and choose every week and, and play that guy. But if Jordan Reed actually stays healthy, he could give you some major upside as a top top three top five tight end
1: yeah and I think that even one of the rookie tight ends or not rookie tight ends he's a second year guy now Najoku. I did this in a mock draft the other day where I think I took Jordan Reed in like the ninth round and then I actually took David Njoku in like the 11th or 12th round because I am aware of the Jordan Reed injury history I'm high on Njoku this year I have him as my tight end 11 and I think he's going to give us a lot of production. I mentioned this in the lot in the last podcast. If you caught my, uh, the podcast that where I talked about QB draft strategy and also tight end strategy, I mentioned the, the history that Tyrod Taylor had with Charles Clay and how many targets over 90 targets, three straight years. So I think that there's going to be a connection there with the Joku. So my thinking was, Hey, I'm getting a guy in Jordan Reed who's could be a a number one tight end shoe in, top seven top eight tight end maybe even higher if he's healthy for 16 games but I'm also going to get somebody who I think is actually pretty safe this year in najoku and that's one strategy that you know you can you can use if if you're going to get one of those guys in the eighth or ninth round look even trey Burton I think Trey Burton's an example of that because we haven't seen it from Burton he's still You know, what has he done? Because he's been overshadowed by Zach Ertz. He goes to an offense that's completely unknown. We think he's going to be very good. But if you want to get maybe a safer option later in the draft, maybe a Cameron Bright, maybe a a Jack Doyle, somebody like that who you can, you know, put behind and and really hope that 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 upside and that value will skyrocket like we think it's going to with somebody like Trey Burton. But you also have that same option as well. Okay, so on to the bad news. Doug Baldwin will miss a few weeks with a sore knee, and and it actually came out today that they think he might actually miss the entire training camp. So, um, and or entire preseason, I should say, which is bad news, right, Pat? I mean, we're probably I don't want to move him down my rankings quite yet, but are you starting to get a little bit worried with this news about Doug Baldwin?
0: Yeah, it's not good to hear about him, man. You know, he was a guy that I wasn't really sure on yet. Um, just because he's a guy I'm still trying to formulate my opinion on. I don't know. He's kind of one of those guys, like, I feel that offense is going to be down this year regardless. And that could, you know, bring him down as well. But he's really talented wide receiver, and he's shown what he can do these past couple years. But him being injured or this early, especially like a knee injury, you never know. That could be something that could linger. I heard he came into prep, into uh, camp with the injury potentially. And, you know, it's something that they tried to get him going on, but he – couldn't, you know, stay out, so they're trying to keep him out. I like that they're doing that and trying to, you know, get this him over this injury, but if it's something that lingers and he just deals with it all season, it could really hamper his ability. Maybe not to the point where he can't play, but just something that's gonna bring his, you know, route running down, his his catching ability down, just in general.
1: Yeah, so who are some guys that are close to him in your rankings right now? I mean, is is Tyree Kill, T Y Hilton, I would assume one of the Vikings receivers or thielen um if it lingers into the week of week one and it's like oh wow like Doug Baldwin might me might even be a game time decision for week one or maybe even you know a little bit before that I guess my point is are you going to move him down below any of those guys if it starts to get into more of a panic mode
0: yeah if he's if he's still kind of up in the air going into I should say into, more. I should uh, say
1: before drafts because that's kind of what we're focusing yeah. our attention on. Yeah. Sorry, but I meant before before everybody drafts. Assuming that's going to be here in late August, mid to late August, early September, would you move Doug Baldwin below? Yeah, any of those and guys?
0: that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. If he's if he's um, you know still questionable, they're still not sure about week one going into that last week. Those last two weeks when you know, the draft season comes around, I I might drop him down. I, well, I definitely will drop him down if he still kind of has those bad reports coming out. I could see myself dropping him down maybe four or five. Nothing crazy four or five spots. Right now I have him at 11. I'm glad I don't have to be drafting right now because it would be very conflicting. I'd maybe drop him, drop him down below Diggs. Right now I have Baldwin, Diggs, Fitzgerald, Demarius, and then Tyreek Hill. I think I would slot Baldwin in between Thomas and Hill if if uh, he was injured you know he was still up in the air going into that last week of the preseason
1: sure and that's full point PPR
0: full point PPR okay
1: all right let's move on here let's see what do we got Jordan Matthews suffered what is believed to be a significant hamstring injury and then the Patriots cut him like five minutes later um,
0: now, I heard that they actually put him on IR. He didn't get cut.
1: Oh, he didn't get cut. Okay, uh, I, I yeah, apologize. The
0: early reports said cut, but then I saw later reports said he might have got put on IR. Yeah,
1: uh, not a fantasy option Either anyway. Way. I wouldn't be drafting Jordan Matthews in any sort of format um, at this point in his career from just based on what we've seen. Elijah Maguire is going to miss three to six weeks with a broken foot. I want to know, Pat, does this change your thoughts on Isaiah Cruel or... Um, Uh, Pal at all at this point, because it has been said that he even might land on IR and miss the first eight weeks of the season.
0: You know, I've been, I've been high on Bilal Powell for a little while, even though I haven't been hearing great things coming out of camp. And I usually kind of tend to lean on those more than I do the good things. Um, He's always been a guy that just kind of has gotten a workload no matter who's there. So I've, Thought he you know he could be the guy that even overtakes Isaiah, you know keeps the job over a guy like Isaiah Crowell. But this kind of just more solidifies their workload to me. You know I wouldn't. Other guys I'm not huge on. I know you really like Isaiah Crowell. It's your kind of. You're one of your favorite players. You got his jersey I'm tucked not, away yeah. back in, uh, <laughs> yeah. back in the right. back of your closet there. But um, yeah, I, it just makes you feel a little bit better about him just because there's not that guy looming in the back in the in the uh, background.
1: Sure. Yeah, I want to. I want to take a look at their ADPs here. I'm going to pull those up, but um, I think it. You know, it could affect if this goes on. I would agree with you. I think Powell maybe gets a bigger boost than Crowell would at this point, uh, but we'll need to see kind of if if McGuire is going to be on the shelf for any part of the regular season or not. We're not sure of that yet. Jordan Wilkins right. is in the mix to be the Colts starting running back, and. Look, he's currently going as RB sixty one in non PPR. That's the fourteenth round, end of the fourteenth round. He's basically going as, you know, one of the last running backs that are being drafted. Um, he's going behind guys like Kalen Balage, uh, Powell, who we just mentioned, Chris Ivory, um I think it's Spencer Ware, Dixon, uh, Frank Gore, Peyton Barber, Matt Breda, and he's going behind his teammate, Naeem Hines. So, look, I think that Jordan Wilkins is somebody that you're going to want to keep an eye on, especially if he starts to get a little bit more of a workload as we get deeper into camp here over Marlon Mack. Hey, look, I think he's somebody that could be that could definitely be the Colts starting running back and maybe their best running back. He's a little bit of a bigger guy. He's going to be more on first and second down. I don't know how much he would work on passing downs because they do have Hines. They do still, you know, Marlon Mack is going to get work Catching the football, but he's definitely somebody that could find a role around the goal line, and it wouldn't surprise me if he had six or seven touchdowns this year, so he's somebody to maybe keep an eye on, you know, if you're drafting in the next week or two, uh, maybe you're not drafting him, maybe he's not even on your radar, and if he ends up on the waiver wire, I would probably keep an eye on him, like I said, because eventually he could carve out a role as, as that goal line back, and could be somebody that you like as a, you know, you can utilize as a flex flex option, uh pretty good one down the road. Okay, uh, let's stay with Colts news. And one, this was the other bit of news from the wide receiver group. And I just wanted to make this a point that if if you're looking for a second Colts receiver, because I've been trying to figure out, you know, who's that going to be? Is it going to be Chester Rogers? Like we we don't know really.
0: It's one of the biggest questions of the year, you yeah. know? I mean, that, that guy, whoever it is, offers a lot of potential if well, Andrew Luck is back and working healthy.
1: Well, and that's that's what I was getting at is I think it could be Dion Kane. And look, he was a big recruit coming into college, going into Clemson. Things didn't really pan out, but he's got the pedigree, or he's at least got the, you know, the kind of that body type. He's 6'2", over 200 pounds. And it's been reported that he could make a push for serious snaps, quote, serious snaps. So... Look at him as somebody that could be that number two receiver. Um, you know, we we've seen guys in that offense before behind T.Y. Hilton have some sort of value. So, look, I, I think Deion Kane is somebody that, as camp progresses, I think he's a good person to keep your eye on and see where things develop. Okay, looks like Jason Verrett will miss the rest of the season after a reported torn Achilles. I feel bad for this guy because you know since 2016 he's only played in five games. It's kind of a shame. Um, but I don't think the Chargers' defense takes too 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 much of a hit because it's really based around their, you know, their pass rushers, and they were a good defense last year. So uh, I'm already mentioned that Jamon Jamon Moore is looking good, and they're they're kind of feeling that out between Allison and Moore for that third role in the Packers' receiving core. He is. It's been reported that he's working with the first team offense, so that's good. Uh, Titans signed Delaney Walker to a two-year, $17 million extension, and Steelers left guard Ramon Foster will miss four to five weeks with a knee injury. Okay. And that's, I think, all I have for the league news and notes. So, Pat, how about we get into the ADP, ADP breakdown? And that's, that's what I what I named this show, titled this show is our ADP breakdown because, again, just to, for a quick recap or a quick intro, I should say, into the show – we have three guys apiece. We're going to put them up against the consensus rankings of experts and defend those guys either, you know, for having them higher, you know, higher in our ranks than consensus rankings or lower. We can go either way on this thing. So, let's uh how about we jump into this thing? Okay. So, to kick this thing off, I'm going to start by asking Pat his first guy that I had circled on his rankings. And we're going to start with a tight end and that's Vance McDonald. Pat had him as his tight end number 15 and the consensus ranking had him at tight end 26, which I think is kind of crazy, honestly, but Pat tight end 15. So I think that suggests that he might be somebody that you're targeting to draft maybe at the end end of the draft or, or not Uh, kind of clear that up for our listeners, is he somebody that you're you maybe targeting in the fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth round or not?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, as one of the, I mean, if there's no real guys that I like left, you know, a deeper league, or I get a guy that I'm not too sure about at towards in the middle of the draft, you know, Vance McDonald's a guy that. He offers a lot of upside in that offense. It's a really good offense, and he's shown flashes. You know, last year he had some pretty big games, especially that last one against the Jags in the uh, in the postseason. He had ten catches for 112 yards, and that no touchdowns either. So you know, he he's a guy that could really flash if you give him the opportunity, and and the Steelers like him a lot. I, if he can stay healthy, he really could. Ha- I think could have a big year. It just depends on how the Steelers want to use him. And the great thing about Vance McDonald is you can put him out there week one or, you know, keep him on your bench. And the Steelers are going to probably show you what their plans are with Vance McDonald right off the bat. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to need to sit and hope. Maybe he develops. No, the Steelers are going to – you know, he's not producing the first two weeks. You can go ahead and cut him and then just start somebody different. There's so many, you know, such a quagmire towards the end of the draft with tight ends. It's just take a guy you think is has a lot of upside, start him. If they don't work out, find somebody different because there's a lot of guys around there. And Vance McDonald's one of those guys that has a lot of upside and is a guy that you can pretty much cut bait on if he doesn't show it real quick.
1: Yeah, and I will say this to your point that McDonald offers a little bit more. And when we're if we're comparing him to somebody, you know, on the same team, that's Jesse James. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think that. Vance Vance McDonald offers a lot more than Jesse James just in terms of athleticism and what he can do just as a route runner and as an athlete in general. Just looking at some of Jesse James's numbers, though, over the past two seasons, 60 targets in 2016, 63 targets last year, 16 games in both those seasons. So we haven't seen any real viable fantasy numbers from the Steelers' tight end the past few seasons. So I guess my question for you is, Pat, you know, with Bell, with Brown, with Juju, I, you know, just crunching the numbers, those three guys alone are going to command upwards of 350 targets. What makes you think that, I guess, Vance McDonald can get any more than what Jesse James has the past two years? Because I guess my point is, look, if he's going to get 60 or 65 targets, you're probably only looking at 45 catches at best. 50 you know, 45 catches at best. So what makes you think that he can see a bigger target share than that? I guess.
0: Well, you got to think the Steelers haven't had a great tight end since Heath Miller retired. And even those last year or two of Heath Miller, he was just kind of that steady guy. Wasn't doing much, you know, solid blocker, but outside of that, give sure, sure hands across the middle. And that was about it. Vance McDonald is, is, is athletic. This guy can move. He's, he's a good route runner. He doesn't offer you much in the blocking game, so he's not going to be staying in to block, which, I mean, can be a plus and a minus, depending on how you look at it. Um, but I think he's and he's a lot more dynamic than a guy like Jesse James is. If he, if he can stay healthy, and that is a massive if, because he hasn't had a really good – I don't know if he's really ever played a full season. He hasn't, no. He's played – the most he's ever played was 15 games in his rookie year, and since that he's missed a, uh, a few games – Every single year. So it's a guy that, again, you can pick him up if he's not doing anything or if he gets injured, you cut a bait. Not you didn't lose anything in your draft. You, you stocked up at other positions and strong elsewhere and can afford a guy that's not as true of a thing towards the end. And, I mean, you look at his last couple games that he actually played in. So he played. The week after the bye against the Colts, he had a touchdown. We ended up having nine points that week. The next time he played was in Week 14. He had four catches for 52 yards, seven good for seven points against Houston. He had another seven points, five, uh, four catches, 52 yards. So, you know, this is a guy that uh, is in a really and another thing, he's in a really good offense, and that should give him plenty of chances to score touchdowns, which is the thing for you want for tight ends. And he even gives you some potential to be scoring or to be catching across the middle and in between the between the 20s. So he's a guy, like I said, guy that you can cut bait with if he doesn't work out, but offers you some serious upside.
1: Okay, uh, Vance McDonald or the the Bucks tight ends?
0: I would have I would go Vance McDonald.
1: Okay. How about McDonald or Ricky Seals Jones? McDonald. One more. Uh we have Jack Doyle you have Jack Doyle probably quite a bit higher though, right?
0: I got Jack Doyle at ten.
1: Okay. All right, fair I enough. I like
0: Ebron as much quite as much as you do. Okay. So I like him up higher.
1: Okay, got it.
0: But again, Ebron's one of those guys, kind of the same vein. If you like Ebron's ability, he's right there with Vance McDonald where you know, if he doesn't do it the first two weeks, say see you later and get him off your team.
1: Okay. Let's move on to the next guy. Do you wanna you have a guy you wanna ask me about?
0: Yeah, you know, I had a few. I was kinda of, uh looking through your rankings. Scrolled down, went to look to wide receivers, I'm like, oh man. How do you have Demarius Thomas at nineteen? Like, you're really showing this guy some disrespect, man. You gotta you gotta defend that.
1: Twenty, one. actually. Twenty. I, th- I think I'm at twenty, yeah, I'm at twenty. And I'll tell you why I have Demaryius Thomas a little bit lower. What was it? Was the ECR on him?
0: The ECR is fifteen, and I currently have him at fourteen. So
1: okay. Just so everybody knows, ECR expert consensus ranking. Uh, we'll refer to that probably more than once on this episode and uh, oh, yeah. in future podcasts as well. So that's what we were, we're referring to when we say that. So this is why I think Demaryius Thomas, or why I have him a little bit lower. And honestly, it doesn't actually have everything to do with Demarius Thomas. It actually has more to do with some of the guys that are being taken ahead of him. But let me give you a few reasons why I, if I'm just looking at Demarius Thomas himself, why I pushed him down just a little bit. So look, one of the biggest reasons is I I think the decline is near for him. He's going to be 31 in December. Last season, he was hobbled a lot. You know, I know he's played 16 games. Um, he hasn't missed a game since 2011, but, uh, I, I just feel like it's, it's starting to catch up with him a little bit. I don't think he'll get to 140 targets for the seventh straight year. Um, I think he can be somewhere around that number, maybe in the one thirties last year, he had 83 catches were, which were his least since 2011, his receptions have declined every year since 2014. He's He finished under a thousand yards last year for the first time and has, Just a total of 16 touchdowns over the last three years. So if the touchdowns don't show up, you're looking at a Demarius Thomas that it looks like the yardage isn't going to be there. I don't think Case Keenum helps him all that much. He's going to need to score seven or eight touchdowns, I believe, to return solid RB2 numbers, to return top 20 value. I still think he can be a guy who catches 80-plus passes. I still think he's going to be north of 900 yards. I don't know if he gets quite to a thousand. He might be right around that number, but I, I just, I there are some there are guys that I just like a lot more. I like the Vikings receivers more. I like Alshon Jeffrey more. I like Allen Robinson. I actually pushed out Allen Robinson down, uh, actually behind Demaryius Thomas. But I like Josh Gordon more if he's on the field. I like, like I mentioned, the Vikings receivers, Tyree Kill. So it's a it's the factor of I think Demaryius Thomas is on the way down. And there are a handful of receivers who I like quite a bit more than him. Okay, Pat, um, let's go on to the second guy that I had circled for you, and that's Doug Martin. Running back 46 you have, Matt. His ECR is running back 60. Doug Martin, tell us why you think he's going to succeed in Oakland. And it looks like, tell me if I'm wrong, it looks like you think he's actually going to be the lead back over Marshawn Lynch.
0: Yeah, that's another thing is you could pretty much just make this a, a combined Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch rank because I got Marshawn Lynch one spot below Doug Martin at 47 where a lot of experts have him up in the 30s. So, you know, I don't I like Doug Martin's talents a lot, talent a lot. I always have. I just watching his game film, I think he's uh one like a, one of the top, you know, 15 running backs in the NFL in, in time, in terms of talent when he puts it all together, but he hasn't been able to put it all together for many seasons. It seems like he come, he has a motivated season where he goes off, gets 1400 yards and then comes back next year and like doesn't just wants to eat cheesecake and sit on the bench. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that you really don't know what he's going to give you, but he offers some serious upside in that offense. I think Marshawn Lynch is on the way down. He's he's getting he's an aging running back. He had some good games last year, but I think Doug Martin can push him and take over that lead role. Just because I like his talent better than Marshawn Lynch at this point in their respective careers. So, I mean, Doug Martin isn't even that much younger, but I just think that he's yeah, offers you a lot more upside than Marshawn Lynch does.
1: Okay. So here is the problem that I let, let me ask you this first: What do you think a realistic like carry split is between these two? So last year Lynch had two hundred and seven carries in fifteen games. Do you think that Doug Martin's going to be the guy that gets two hundred carries? Yeah, you do. Okay, I
0: see it. I maybe 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 a few less. You know, I because I feel like Marshawn if the Marshawn Lynch isn't going to completely go away, they're gonna they're not going to it's not going to be you know. uh Doug Martin's backfield and Marshawn Lynch is kind of sitting on the bench. They're probably going to kind of split workload. It's similar to what we saw maybe Derek McKinnon and, uh, Latavius Murray last year, but <clears throat> I think that Doug Martin also offers you a little bit more in the passing game than Marshawn Lynch would too. So, you know, he's a little more of a multi tooled back than Marshawn Lynch and can, uh, can probably receive a little bit more of the workload. All right. So maybe like like
1: a 60-40, 65-45. Pat, I think think you're dead wrong on this, man. Look, last two years, Doug Martin, listen to these numbers, 19 games he's played in the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. 282 carries, 827 yards, six touchdowns. That's 2.9 yards per carry. He's had only two good seasons during his six-year career, and he's 29 with an injury pass. That screams... Stay away from this guy going to a new team, a Raiders offense that was just not good last year, has not had much success in the running game, especially last year. I don't know, man. I think all of that points to a not a very good season for Doug Martin.
0: All right, you bash Doug Martin, but you failed You say he's had those past two years; he's averaged two point nine yards carry. You fail to mention the year before that, where he had fourteen hundred yards and averaged five. Yeah, but five I just got done
1: telling carry. you that it's only two two years and six seasons that he's been good. and He's been yeah. so he's already yeah, doing third, and he's been hurt a yeah, lot. He
0: could, always, he could still he's done it in the past, man. And I still like his game film that he that he puts up. So I don't know. He's a guy that I just believe in. I think that he could easily do it and again you're not paying that much for him so I would much rather wait on a guy like Doug Martin than than draft Marshawn Lynch up where 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 is he going right now Marshawn Lynch
1: he's probably going somewhere in the Uh, seventh he's going
0: seventh round seventh round so where you're getting Doug Martin 10th 11th round so I just feel like I'd much rather draft somebody a little bit better there and then take a flyer on Doug Martin and cut him if he sucks and just reap the benefits if he's amazing.
1: All right, fair enough. I disagree with you there. I just don't see it going to a new offense, those bad yeah, years. I can't but, say I blame you, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much an idiot. <laughs> well, it's de- debatable. This
0: is why I've been putting up top fantasy teams every year and you've been in Th- the – That is not true. That is baseline.
1: absolutely not true. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I like, again, I, I just think that – I don't want any share of the Oakland backfield. that That's all I'll say on this matter. I don't want any of those running backs this the, year. It's one of those backfields that I'm just completely staying away from. Let's keep this thing. I think that's
0: a fair take. I think that's a yep, fair take. Let's keep things.
1: this thing moving, though. Who do you have circled on my list for the second guy?
0: Hmm, That's a good question. Let's see. You're the next guy I go to. I, you know, this is more of one I kind of want to that talk about just in general, I was looking through the ECR and I see Alex Collins at 16, the 16th overall running back. You have him as your 23rd overall running back. Tell me why we should not be drafting Alex Collins with the likes of Jordan Howard and Joe. Yeah,
1: well, I think it, it comes down to a lot of what I talked about when I talked about Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, and and J.D. McKissick, and the entire Seattle backfield, it's kind of the same thing here. I think that there are going to be backs that cut into Alex Collins' workload. Originally, I had Alex Collins tabbed at 220 carries. I think I'm going to back off of that just a little bit at this point. He would have finished, with my uh, previous projections, he would have finished his RB17 last year. I'm going to mention one of your guys, Pat Kenneth Dixon. I think Kenneth Dixon could cut into his workload a little bit this year. I still think that uh, Buck Allen is going to cut into his workload. Look, last year, Alex Collins finishes RB21. Now, I know he only kind of came on late the last six games, last seven games of last season. He had at least 17 touches in all those games. Buck Allen, though, finished his RB23, and he had almost 200 total touches. He had 199 total touches. Hundred and fifty three rush attempts, forty six receptions on sixty targets. So I don't I still think they like Buck Allen. And I don't think he's going away. It's only Kenneth Dixon's third year. He missed entire la- season last year. His first season, I think what he was suspended or he was hurt for I think the first half of the season. So I think that they're still gonna use Kenneth Dixon. And I definitely think they're gonna use Buck Allen a lot. So that's why I say that I just think I'm a little bit worried about the usage. Of Alex Collins, even though I do think he's a good runner. And I look, I, I just think at the end of the day, when I crunch the numbers and, and I know Baltimore was seventh in rush attempts last season with four hundred and sixty, but I'm a little bit worried that Alex Collins' numbers or his total number of carries might be more in that like two hundred and five to two hundred and fifteen range, which I I'm just it it scares me a little bit that he's gonna finish outside of the top 15, maybe, maybe more closer to 20. And I, I'm just hesitant to, to draft him, uh, you know, higher than what I have him at this point. So it, again, just kind of to wrap that up comes down to usage for me and and the usage of the rest of the Baltimore backfield.
0: No, and I agree. I got him at 23 right now. I don't see why you'd take him, uh, uh, over guys like even like Dion Lewis, Sony Michelle, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was like 25. I don't see why people, I, Derrick, Derrick Henry and Alice Collins to me should have been swapped in the ECI. I don't know how, what people are thinking. They're
1: smoking yeah, a little bit of ganja. Like I don't maybe know how Derrick Henry could be down that low either. Um, because I think Derrick, I don't know if people well, I like, think Derrick Henry is somebody that you I mean, could definitely, you can definitely target in the third round and it's not crazy, but I wouldn't take Alex Collins before probably the middle of the fourth round. Would you agree with that?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just don't—again, I don't think he has—out of all those guys in that kind of second, third tier of running backs, like, you know, you get past Jordan Howard and 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 Fournette Freeman, I feel like a lot of those guys are very questionable, and if any of them have really big questions on if they can keep the job all year, it's to me, it's Alex, it's yeah, Alex Collins. Yeah, I would
1: agree with that. Okay, so the third guy that I have for you, Pat, was let's see here how about mike williams so mike williams was wide receiver number 43 his ecr is wide receiver 62 look i guess just kind of looking at the notes that i had on mike williams and and looking at really actually the chargers offense as a whole my biggest concern pat is can the chargers excuse me can the chargers support another wide receiver, like a wide receiver two in fantasy? Because I think that's been the biggest thing. Like Keenan Allen could get 160 targets, but will we see another, like is it is it possible for the Chargers to have a, a second wide receiver who is really fantasy relevant? Are you that high on Mike Williams? Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah, this guy is a stud. People forget that this guy was taken in the top 10 in in the NFL draft last year. A top 10 wide receiver that you can get in the in, – you know, in the later half of the draft,
1: he was hurt all last year. He,
0: he was hurt all last year and people don't like, you don't think about him. He might, and he could end up being a guy who just is plagued by injury issues, but so far he's been good. Um, and I don't see why the, the the chargers offense can't support another wide receiver. Phillip rivers is a very good quarterback underrated to me. And, he they this offense looks to is going to be looking to pass a lot and could be one of the top offenses in the league i hear people talking about them as a sleeper team maybe not a sleeper team but like a, a strong favorite to contend for a super bowl uh championship and this guy would be a very big part of it and with uh with hunter henry sadly sadly going down to an acl injury mike williams could be the guy they look for in the end zone he's a big big receiver uh, I want to say he's six four. I'm
1: yeah, not what, sure. I can look up it up. But, Keep going. I, he's a big. He's a big receiver. Yeah,
0: he's he's a big receiver. He's had a lot of talent at Clemson. He was Deshaun Watt Sean Watkins' favorite target whenever yep. they were there. Um, and he had a high pedigree coming out. I don't see why he can't in the second year of this offense. Being in this offense, he he understands it more. He has the routes down. I don't see why he couldn't break out this year. And not to mention. The guy across from Keenan Allen has had injury problems himself. If Keenan Allen goes down, Mike Williams could quickly develop into a top ten receiver in that offense, easily. Yeah, I, and I don't see guys like Tyrell Williams or whoever else is in that 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 wide receiver core competing with with uh, uh with giving you giving that offense the the amount that Mike Williams can.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, again, look, I think my biggest concern is. I just don't know if the Chargers can support a number 2 receiver in fantasy. I see Mike Williams as somebody if Keenan Allen has is healthy all year, he might be capped at 50 to 55 catches, which again is is somebody that is no more than a decent flex play on on, you know, in good matchups. Uh, you know, maybe a plug and play flex play, not somebody that you're going to play even as a wide receiver two. So that that's look, that's my only concern. I took him in the 12th round the other day as a really nice flyer, and he's somebody kind of in that, you know, I I like him back where I'm taking, like, Michael Gallup. So, again, as a late flyer, yes, I think the receptions are a little bit capped even this year. Um, you wanted to say something else, though, about him in comparison to some other guys, though, right, Pat?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to mention like that guys I see him getting drafted under guys like Will Fuller, Sterling Shepard. I don't see why he can't be those guys and a lot more honestly. I feel like that he has a lot more ability than both Will Fuller and Sterling Shepard and offers you a lot more just talent-wise and f- physically as a as a as a wide receiver. I don't see why he couldn't be, you know, better than those guys as you know, and these guys are wide receiver twos as it is. So I don't see why Mike Williams couldn't do it in a in a great offense. He's arguably better uh, with arguably better
1: quarterback. I think it, just for our listeners' sake and, and draft strategy-wise, though, he's still a double-digit round guy for right now. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I'd say he's, I would probably feel comfortable taking him 10th. I mean, I maybe even sneak into the ninth depending on how. I saw things – let me let me see what would that be around. Yeah, maybe late ninth if I was really feeling like I wouldn't be able to get him coming back and I really was feeling the need to get him. But, yeah, I, I mean, I still want a guy like Nelson Aguilar more than Mike Williams. I'd still want Parker, Alan Hearns. But, you know, other than that, Mike Williams is a guy that I really feel high on. Are you on.
1: taking him above the two rookie wide receivers, Ridley and DJ Moore?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I uh, like Even guys like Robbie Anderson, Randall Cobb, I've got him above them. Marquise Goodwin, above him. Jordy, above him. Yeah, I'm high on him. Right. I'm very high on him compared to ECR.
1: So Okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Chargers offense this year. Hopefully, Mike Williams can bounce back from that back injury and show a little bit more in year, too. All right, Pat, let's move on to the third and final guy that you have for me. Who's it going to be? Bring him right up here, and we will I'll tell you why. He's either really right, good so or really bad. The, la-
0: the last guy is a guy that me and you really loved for a while now. We've made jokes about this guy a lot. He, uh, I really want to know what your feelings on Ricky Stanzi are. <laughs>
1: I was like, where are you going with this? Well, <laughs> you know, Ricky was, was, great, it was a great prospect out of Iowa. I really liked how he ran that pro-style offense in Iowa City, and... You know, I, I'm,
0: and you know, we we really got to know him back when he was dating Britney. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So I mean, he's a really nice yeah. guy. I felt like he had the drive, and yeah, the, and the just uh, didn't
1: have any arm ability to go with it.
0: No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah, shame
1: that he was absolutely awful, and it's never. Good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: Magnuson, all right, damn Kroger. Yeah, all right. Who was it again? I don't remember. I think you I wanted to
1: out. give okay. me DJ more? Yep. Was that it? Okay. So, DJ Moore is my wide receiver number 42. His current ADP is in the 10th round, 4th overall. We just mentioned that. He's going right above Mike Williams as wide receiver number 45. And, look, we haven't seen a lot from DJ Moore, obviously, because he's a rookie unless you watched a lot of his Maryland tape, which people seem to like. Obviously, the Panthers like. They took him 24th overall in the draft. They like his athletic ability. I like what I've seen on tape. I think he has a really good shot to be a really explosive playmaker and possibly the Carolina's best receiver this year. And you know, in my opinion, I think he is going to be the best rookie wide receiver above some of those guys we mentioned before, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, um, Anthony Miller. I think DJ Moore is going to be that guy. Uh, I th- I'm a little bit worried about how many weapons are in Carolina and how much they're going to throw the ball. Uh, Cam Newton was under 500 pass attempts last year. I believe he had 492. So with all those weapons, with Greg Olson coming back, with Christian McCaffrey getting his workload that we expect it to be 80 receptions, whatever that you know, right in that range. I do think that Devin Funchess capped out last year. I think people are probably over drafting him right now. I think he's going in like the sixth or seventh round, seventh round, and I just don't buy that at all, Devin Funchess is going to look he had, I think, 63 catches last year or something like that. I think he's capped out. That's why I think DJ Moore is going to be Carolina's number one receiver. So, pump the brakes on Devin Funch just a little bit. Pump them up. You know, pump it up on DJ Moore because, again, he's going to be their best receiver this year. You know, obviously, we, again, you we have to factor in Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey. But I think he has a really good chance at 60-plus catches in year one. And... I think I'd be okay drafting him in round nine ahead of Marquise Goodwin, ahead of Allen Hearns, ahead of Sterling Shepard, Jordy Nelson, even Devontae Parker, who's going in the seventh round. Just again, I just think that we're going to see some really big things from DJ Moore even in year one. Um, and again, that's that's a big part of the reason why I have him quite a bit higher than the current rankings. All right, Pat.
0: All right, so would you would you rather have DJ Moore or Marquise Goodwin?
1: I just said that.
0: Who do you think offers you more
1: upside? I just said that. I, I'd rather have – I would take DJ Moore ahead of Marquise Goodwin right now. Oh, really? Yes, I would. I would take him ahead of Marquise Goodwin. I would have take taking him ahead of Hearns, Shepard, Nelson, and Parker.
0: Who do you think offers you more upside, Julian Edelman or DJ Moore?
1: Uh, I was going to say Ricky Stanzi, but – I don't want to get off on another no. tangent.
0: I really like his abilities as a wide receiver. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just
1: trim. I agree. Him. Yeah. Um
0: so much man. He's got the hard headed man.
1: Who was it? Edelman? Edelman. I'll still take Edelman. Even with the four game suspension.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's gonna be
1: a stud. Mm-hmm. Even if
0: I'll be good. He could be even underrated this year. Yeah, because I think
1: I think Edelman still catches seventy five passes. Like yeah, if you can get, if you can get Edelman, games,
0: if you can get some, if you can get Edelman and get through those first so those four, ah, through those first four games, man, that he's gonna really help your playoff run. Yep, I agree. He's always been solid, man. As long, well, you always got to be worried about the injuries, but
1: I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Definitely somebody that you can target late and is probably gonna return wide receiver two value. Um, whenever you do get him, whether that's the sixth round, seventh round. Uh, whatever it may be. But look, we are out of time for today. So again, thank you everybody for tuning into the podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. Uh you can listen to us there. And uh yeah, give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook. Um go check us out. I'll have this episode up hopefully uh if not tonight. It's about ten thirty here Eastern Standard Time. Probably tomorrow morning at some point, hopefully. And uh yeah, we'll uh we'll probably try to do another podcast later this week. But until then, everybody have a great, great rest of your night. Pat, thank you again for it happy for freaking in. August, man. Happy it's, August. We are it's an amazing time of year, beautiful. Yes, we are we are here. Football's right around the corner, and we will talk to you later. Everybody have a great, great Wednesday night and see you later. Bye bye.